What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Skidpad Podcast. And for this week, it's going to be a bit of a combo just because I'm kind of playing catch up from last week. Uh, and I apologize for not putting out an episode beforehand. Just some things fell in line, was not able to get a good enough episode out for you guys. However, I got some goodies this week. So we're going to start off with a bit of a combo with uh, some electric vehicle news as well as stock financial news in that sense. So I have the computer up, so I apologize for all the the clicking and, and do diets and all that stuff. And I could go off my my little pad, but I, I refuse. I hate it so much. Uh, mouse guy for the rest of my life. So at that point, we're going to be talking about a company called Neo. So if you're not familiar with what or who Neo is, it is ultimately a Chinese company that makes electric vehicles like exclusively for China at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure if they've gone international just yet. I do know that they've um, they've done a lot for China just as a company embedded in there, as well as a couple of other companies like, pulling it up right now, do, 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 uh, Xpeng, Peng, please don't come after me for how I pronounce his name. It's literally X-P-E-N-G. And then a third company, Lee Motors. So tight. Uh, but big news surrounding those three companies, I guess as a whole, is that within the last, Jesus, I would say within, yeah, we'll say six months, uh, the via stock price, right? As a publicly traded company, uh, it's been basically in, in the space for about two years now. Actually, yeah, we're coming up on it. September 14th, 2018 was their IPO at let's see, 990 a share. So at that point, we go to the last six months, right? Because that's the most relevant information. Starting off in May, literally May 13th. By the way, I'm getting all this information from, uh, let's see here. I think this is, I'm j I just have Google's finance uh, chart up. I'm sure you can go to anywhere like Bloomberg or Yahoo Finance or uh, Fox News or Fox you know, Business News or whatever the fuck to get a chart. It's all going to say the same thing. However, uh, in May of 13, uh, May 13, the stock was at 344 a share. Not too good. However, it's been climbing throughout. And you would think that given the pandemic, given everything like that, especially the six months, right? Uh, it must have reached a pretty low low, being that it was at 344. But it's been literally on the climb ever since. There is not one point where it performs terrible for for the grand chart of it all, if you know what I mean. So let's put it to you this way. Since uh, May 13th, it's basically gone up to 723 in June 30th, right? Then it had a massive tick up literally within the next 20 days to 1322. Proper jump there. Uh, then it kind of mellows out, stays around that sort of threshold until August, we'll say 21st. It's 1412, right? So you're talking a good number, almost two months at that point, round about the same sort of price. Then it ticks all the way up to 2044 in August 26, right? So four day, four or five day difference. Then it kind of stays mellow for a bit, slowly increasing up until... October 13th. Now, 
since October 13th, it has gone absolutely nuts. So October 13th, it was 21.62 a share, right? So let's just let's just recap. From May, you're talking 3.44 a share. $3.44 per share. You could buy a hundred shares, right? And you're talking not even four hundred dollars, not even three fifty, right? Then you jump to October thirteenth. You're talking twenty one sixty two a share. So, if you have a hundred shares, <laughs> you're looking at two grand, right there. So. That is absolutely exceptional as far as just the overall performance, right? Because that is, especially let's recap for an automotive company. Usually automotive companies do not perform nearly this well ever. And, and, and this is like you hold on to it for years. They have a couple of uh, stock splits and it kind of rekindles the sort of excitement all over again. Blah, blah, blah. You look at Chevy, Ford, Honda, whatever, whoever's in the public space. Then, so let, now we're going back to Neo. October 15th, 28.7. So now you're, you're jumping exceptionally right then and there, you know, seven or so, eight or so uh, dollars. Then in, let's see. October 28th, it takes a little bit of a hit to 26. Then we go to today, November 12th. It's at 48.30. So anything about the company, I don't necessarily have as much information as I probably should for the sake of just breaking down what the company does. However, from a stock and analyst perspective, there's one of two things going on, both of which are extremely valid given that it's a Chinese company. And again, no hate. It's simply just pattern recognition. It's either, right, because it's performing so, so exceptionally well. It's either doing an amazing job with production, with distribution, with, with deliveries, with everything like that, which has been noted, which has been reported. Because they're just they're absolutely killing it as far as uh, they're constantly keeping up with deliveries. They're basically doing a, a Tesla without the Tesla drawbacks. Okay, because you, if anyone remembers what Tesla was like, you know, back not all that long ago. I say it as if it was like years and years ago, but it was actually a couple of years ago only. Um, they would overpromise and underdeliver, and that's just the nature of Tesla. So at that point, they would say, oh, we have, you know, thousands and thousands of deliveries going out. We got all this stuff. We got so many people pre-ordering and they'd only do a quarter of the deliveries because there was problems with manufacturing. There was problems with making sure all the materials got there on time. Everything's going swimmingly. The, the fact that the process is good enough for it. So the fact that Neo, right, is saying we're selling. Okay, they're selling. We see the numbers. They're making. And, and we see that they're making their production has gone, you know, exceptionally high and they're delivering because the people are actually getting it and they're turning over and it's thus producing more and more sales. So there's that or they're fibbing. And again, I say it only because 
via a lot of speculation on the data reported from other Chinese companies in other sectors of the world, right, other industries, there have been one or two or, you know, a couple hundred companies that uh, have fibbed information and data just to make them look a little bit better than they probably are. Although it could be either. We're going to lean with the first, right? We're going to go 60-40 here. We're going to say that they're doing exceptionally well and they're actually delivering and the product is so good that the customers want more. This could be the next Tesla as far as a Chinese brand. And the only reason why I say this company in particular is because if we were to look at Xpeng, right? And again, don't come at me for the pronunciation. They've also been trading for quite a long time. Um, actually, that's a lie. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at the max right now. Uh, they've been trading six, bleh, since September 1st-ish. Uh, maybe a little bit before then in, uh, in August. However, they've been pretty steady around 20s. You know, having a couple of blips and a couple of downturns, uh, maybe lowest looking like around 17 something. Since November 1st, they've gone from about $20 a share to 34 in what looks to be a day or within one or three days. It's not pulling up the actual ability for me to cover over the mouse. Actually, we'll do that right now. Xpeng. real time and you're not going to show me the stock price anyways so you're looking at other companies that are its competitors right and while they're so young as far as the please excuse my neighboring computer uh while they're so young in the stock market world um they're only doing so well and there's not a lot of evidence to support what it is that they're doing to uh to the performance of everything my bad my uh, father just got home and i had to basically explain to him what he was going on with because i managed both his money and my money so i just wanted to keep him in the loop because you know clients and such but anyways um basically and unfortunately i lost my my spot of thought um however ultimately i find neo to be a very interesting company just because there's a lot going for it Right. So you think of the potential, you think where it is, it's China, there's a lot of potential, just customer base, uh, target audience, all that stuff. The fact that it is in a trio of ex exceptionally growing uh, companies, right? And with the mission of more and more car companies going electric, especially within the next 10 years, like making pledges, you see Volkswagen pledging by 2025 that it's going to have full electric or something of the sort. Like these are going to be a very expansive transitional time with the automotive industry. So by looking into these car companies and seeing where they're growing, it can bode well for those who invest now and those who are looking to expand their portfolio and put their money to work and make it so that, you know, suddenly you wake up and you're a thousand dollars, you know, wealthier or you're two grand into something. You want to hedge it and go somewhere else. Like 
this is a good opportunity for people to start looking and learning about what companies can do for you in the sense of investment. So keep that in mind. Obviously, go with companies you know, do a lot of research on those you don't, all this good stuff, because I got to admit for what Neo's doing, it's worthy of looking into for maybe a long-term buy because it's it's growing at such my only hesitation and of course i'll i'll say it now that way it's just you know it's spoken about please 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 consider talking to multiple financial professionals with things like this whenever it comes to investments don't just talk to you know the dude on the corner or your buddy at work like do your research. This is your money. Do not bet the house. Like things can go bad. The fact that it's grown so much in six months can also make it drop just as quickly in days. And we've seen it. It's called crashes, recessions, corrections. The fact that there's new a, a new election coming around. This is a very volatile time for the stock market. So just keep that in mind. Obviously, if this is one of the companies that will be around for a very long time, this is when you buy. This is the story of someone who bought, you know, a thousand shares of 50 or a hundred, I don't have that money, 50, you know, five shares of 50 and it grows and it grows, it splits, it grows, it splits, it grows, it splits. Next thing you know, you got a thousand shares and they're at a hundred dollars a share, but you bought it three, four, five, ten 10 years ago. And that is how you build wealth, right? So with all that said, let's roll on into tires. Yeah, smooth transition. I know. Uh, please stick around. Uh, there is So there's been a tire. And the only reason why I've, I'm, I'm even going to mention this is because I'm personally looking into tires um, for Asuna. Uh, my WRX, I realized that it's got summers on it. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, it's got summers all around. Not great ones. It's like Dunlop XT series or whatever the fuck. Uh, they're actually pretty poor summer tires. So a little upset about that. Um, but I'm looking for all seasons for the stock setup just because I do have plans for uh, next season, next year for a really aggressive setup not so much in the way of camber but definitely in the way of aggressive performance right so i want to get a good set of uh 9.5s uh maybe avid ones and get a really mean summer tire setup going for that one so with that i'm looking into all seasons there's a tire that has basically introduced an entirely new tread pattern that is both odd but extremely interesting at the same time so if you don't know michelin has come out with a cross climate 2 and what its overall design is is basically a if you drew a line right you're looking at the tire head on if you drew a line straight down the middle and then you just started sort of spraying, right? You just start making little patterns from the center at a 45 degree angle to either edge uh, of, of the tire. And that is it continuously. There is no center line. There is no uh, interruptions. There's no sort of 
like center tread and then it develops more things to disperse the water. It is all just like offset. It's kind of like one of those brick patterns you see on patios or like, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of angled at 45 degree angles, but it's just throughout the entire tire. That's the entire tread pattern. And a lot of people were looking at this saying like, oh, it's, you know, I don't know. It looks like it'll wear easily. It doesn't look like it'll give good performance because there's no center line. There's no constant form of tread contact. So a lot of people were looking at it being a little skeptical. It has one of the best overall performance ratings to any tire ever given. And mind you, this is deemed, I just want to make sure I'm I'm looking at it correctly because I want to, yeah, a grand touring all season. I'm currently on tireact.com, shout out, where for them, mind you, it's a brand new tire for 2020 and like mid to late 2020. So there's not even 30 reviews on this tire. It's got for wet performance, excellent. Dry performance, excellent. Winter and snow performance, excellent. With a three peak mountain, which is only designated to outstanding performance tires, mostly, you know, of which being winter or exceptionally uh, performing all seasons with a focus in winter, right? So then you have comfort performance, excellent. Tread wear performance, excellent. And even then, they were talking about how this thing stops faster. It responds in turns quicker. It's it's all surrounding the data. And it's not like it's not like you have a tread pattern and it's just there for show now because it's just a weird sort of off-road looking tread that looks like it'd be really good in some things and not so great in others. But this looks exceptional it it the data is just remarkable the fact that there's so many good things and it's not like you know again in wet performance because of how the tread looks it'd be great but if you go in dry or tread wear performance it would suck it's like this thing is great all throughout the board and there's no immediate uh you know blank out of blank uh numbers for it just yet but they're comparing it. If you go to Fitment Industries, right, and you look at that particular tire, they re, uh, reiterate and regurgitate data that shows with other performing tires in a similar bracket with similar pricing, it does better. It just does. And it's fucking weird because you look at the tread and you think, oh, this would be good for snow, but that's it. Or you think it'd be good for rain or that's it. But this might be the introduction to the, you know, the tire. And I don't want to say it in a way of like discouraging any sort of concept for buying anything other than this tire. Cause obviously you're going to have your Toyo proxies. You're going to have your Pirelli P zeros or, uh, you know, whatever the ultimate performing tire is. You're not going to see this thing in formula one. Let's put it that way. So there are exceptions to the rule. However, for, Anyone who is relying on their tires for commute, like a, a year-round annual multi-season commute, to maybe an aggressive to spirited driver, maybe not someone who's taking their car to the, to the track or anything like that, but someone who just enjoys getting on it, you know, the commute just being a little bit more fun and everything in the sort, not worrying so much about, you know, the off-season setup or whatever, and, and he, can, he or she can still have fun 
with this setup, right? That is reassuring. It's extremely reassuring because it's there's so much going on with this tread pattern that you it it starts to look like a maze, but a very just organized can tackle anything kind of maze. But unfortunately, there's a caveat. This can only fit a certain setup, at least for now, because I, being as curious as I was and how desperate I was to see how good these tires were, I wanted to see if they fit my setup, my my stock perform or my stock uh, wheel setup for the WRX. And unfortunately, does not fit. It is much more in line with a bigger setup or anything of the sort because here, you know, I'll just put it in right now. We'll, we'll, we'll break down the science, right? Uh, yeah, we'll go with four, two forty fives. So, uh, tires not available for your vehicle. See other tire sizes. Uh, oh wait, let's see. I don't think it'll do it. Nope. Okay. Screw that one up. Anyways, does not fit my vehicle. Uh, however, for sizes, oh, here we go. I'm an idiot. Should have just done it from the beginning. Uh, it can go as low as 16s, right, or as high as 20s. But for whatever reason, uh, it looks like it is only available uh, per 18 to 19s in 235s, uh, 55Rs, or 55R uh, 18s in that respect, like it can go all the way up to 60 R18 and there's one over here at uh, 5018. So it, it can range in a certain sizing. Obviously it's speculative for, you know, if you have a 16 inch wheel, it can only really go up to 205 or 215 if you're, you know, really getting after it, but it doesn't fit my setup. And I was a little bummed about it because I was super eager to try this wheel and to see how the performance is. Unfortunately, I will have to be looking into something like uh, Regicine tires or, you know, Quattro Pro or Quattrack Pro just to at least put something on and not have it be terrible in performance. You know what I mean? Um, but even that's a good tire, but we're not going to talk about the tire because I want to just focus on the fucking anomaly that is Michelin's Cross Climate 2. This, this might be the next breakdown of tire and i have no idea what michelin's stance is as far as patterning this particular design i don't think you can i'm sure they will um but this might be the start of of a whole new genre right a whole new idea of tread patterns because it's just it's wild and i don't know whether the angle or the depth of the grooves or anything like that would directly relate to performance or tread or whatever maybe noise re reduction maybe extra ventilation in the sense of separation from the tarmac to you know some loose surfacing but it, it, it there's a lot going on there is a lot and it's really really interesting to see but yeah i'm very curious let me know what you guys think because this tire if if there is anyone who's listening to this and you have a set of michelin cross climate twos I want to talk. I want to try and get some sort of 
conversation going between the two of us, even if it's text and I can just relay it onto the podcast for another episode, that would be insane because I want to see from some, like a human being, what their results are and what their opinion is on the tire because I'm seeing a lot of reviews and everything has has been good. It's just been really, really good. Uh, so at that point, I'm I'm curious to see what an actual person has to say, something I can actually kind of break down uh, the conversation with a little bit. So that's that because tires. And finally, I think we're going to – I'm just looking over my notes. Yep, we're going to wrap it up with this one. Um, so lighting. And no, I'm not talking about lighting for like your Instagram selfies or any bullshit like that. I'm talking about like lighting mods for your car. It came across to me the other day that my stock setup was sort of dismal. It didn't look great. It was it was a little delayed only because I was looking at a video on YouTube and this person's uh, account, I forget the name of it just offhand because I was neck deep in all sorts of lighting content. So I wanted to just absorb as much as I can without really paying attention who I was uh, absorbing it from. Uh, I'll go back and I'll, I'll shout them out on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But um, with specifically uh, side, uh, Jesus Christ, signaling, right? Signal lights. Because this is a huge hit or miss. Obviously, you could go with fog lights or headlights, taillights, all that good stuff, even side markers um, or uh, side view mirror lighting. But specifically with uh, signaling, signal lights, it's such a hit or miss because you go like super hood and make it white or like a different color for whatever reason. And you can make it super flashy and like, you know, extremely quick on the uh, on the actual signaling module and have it look super ricey or super like hood and shit like that and i that just doesn't appeal to me personally i know everyone's got their taste not my thing however when looking on to subi bros and you know shout out but something that i wasn't familiar with at all i don't know why i guess i'm just an idiot and i i don't pay attention to anything outside of uh you know the super mainstream shit but as far as lighting that Subi Bros uh, supports and makes for, they have a, a signaling setup that I'm super into, right? Turn signals, multicolor, LED, all that stuff. So they have a combination of, first of all, it looks like, I'm just going to do some quick counting here. It looks like four by, looks about 12 or so LEDs per little square. And if you know the size of side view, um, uh, side signaling lights for uh, 15 to 20 WRX, they're about half the size of an iPhone, if that gives you any sort of context to it. Um, obviously, they've arranged in sizes, but you get what I, what I mean. So they're not the biggest thing in the world. A lot of light and a lot of options. It looks like they've got clear, smoky, completely like blacked out, and then the back layering to be either clear, a super chrome, uh, completely blacked out, or again, like a smoky look with, depending on the clear with a black uh, backlay and stuff like that. 
they're charging here wait i didn't even click on a setup Let's see if that changes the price no it doesn't so given the setup that i want you're looking at about 90 dollars, give or take is it worth it because you start thinking like okay so the fronts and it's such a rabbit hole with lighting that it's not just you know a hundred dollars here or it's not like an intake where it's like you spend 350 and like you're good for x amount of horsepower range because of everything else going on right if you do anything with lighting in my opinion i could very easily be wrong you have to do either the entire front or the entire rear or it's like this whole thing where you can't just do one section and i'm get you can hear it in my voice i'm getting emotional excuse me but <coughs> You you have to go all out. It's something that you can't just spend. Because let's put it this way, right? Unfortunately, with the setup I have right now, everything's halogen, including side uh, uh, signals, fog lights, headlights, all of it. No LEDs. I definitely want to get into the LED. I'm looking at $90 for this. I then would look into maybe like $150 for a set of uh, fog lights. And then a headlight setup is fucking $1,500. I'm not even going to entertain that idea just yet because anything over like $800 for a pair of headlights is fucking stupid in my eyes but anyways some of them look really good though I will say so you're looking at like say that collectively right we'll even go high end for the headlights just for namesake you're looking at $1,500 for an entire front end setup as far as lights concerned then if you were to look to the back it's bullshit it, it, you totally – it's not like you can just go all out on on one side of it and then leave the other side like untouched. That's just – it's not really heard of. So at least while in the building phase, you can get away with it. But final product, no. So you then start to look into taillights, right? You see where I'm getting at, right? And then all of a sudden you say, oh, well, everything looks good on the outside. Why not the inside? Then you look at LEDs on the inside or you know, light bars on the interior, all this other stuff, new modules and blah, blah, blah. So you have a light sort of thing that could result in like two to $3,000 worth of just product, not including interior. So it's one of those things, right, where it's like, oh, I was looking into – side markers or side anythings or even fog lights right and the fact that they're led and they won't burn out at least immediately sounds really really awesome it's super enticing the wiring system nowadays is so easy fucking plug and play everything it's great and all you have to do is like swap out a relay so you don't you know blow a fuse or whatever the fuck but at that point you can't just do one and i again could be wrong but if i were to put these LED turn signals on my on the face of my car. I then look at not only the rest of the halogen setup in the front, but I'm looking at the halogen fucking turn signals in the rear. So it's like you can't – and let me know whether you have a totally different opinion or if uh, if you agree. And it's like, no, you have to – have to go all out or no, you can do it You know, one thing at a time. You know, You don't have to just randomly you know, one weekend spend – three grand on an entire light setup take apart your car and then put it back together with all led stuff like obviously it's not the case but i don't know there's something about having certain aspects of the car go super super hot with leds this or you know super flam i don't want to say flamboyant super uh 
I don't know, all outright color wheels and rainbow effect in, you know, the the headlights, you got some halos for it, all this other jazz. And then the rest of some other segment of it look kind of, you know, left out, so to speak. Because then next thing you know, you turn on your fog lights and it's like, oh, dude, you got halogens. Like, what the fuck? Like, you spent, you know, $1,500 on your entire front light setup, but you still got halogen fucking LEDs. Or, uh, Jesus Christ, halogen fogs. And it's like, what, you can drop another 154 You know what I mean? Like, it's all of a sudden it turns into what you couldn't get that one too. Or it's like, oh, you spent all this money on this. Why not just this? So, I don't know. Lighting is such a very, uh, it's a touchy subject because a lot of people get super tight on how that whole process is. And then other people are like, dude, it blew out. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to get another halogen setup. I'll go LED. So you can have the entire spectrum there, but I'm curious to see what all that means as far as just a build setup. Because the product looks super, super nice. Like, again, not sponsored by by Subi Bros, but you guys make a really cool product. I'm really, really interested in, in what that could look like, especially with that and the LED fucking fog light, um, you know, bezels you guys got. Because that whole system that whole setup looks really really nice with you know the proper product so i might just pull the trigger on that before anything else because i can't exactly go muffler or uh protein just yet or a, i say protein access port just yet because uh you know warranty be nice over the win- uh, winter at least and uh yeah so i'm now finding other things that i'd like to spend my money on as far as building a car because i can't do anything balls out just yet but let me know what you guys think because I'm very, very curious as to what your stance is on lighting, on the whole process of building, you know, your your ultimate sort of project, right? Whether it's your daily driver or your project car that you've been working on for years, what does the lighting setup take priority in for you personally? Because again, you could do nothing until something blows out and then you just upgrade because you know you saved on not blowing your cash all in one day kudos uh or you are the person where it's like no no no. if i'm gonna go all out i can't have it's like a minor ocd and i get it of like no no no. i'm not just gonna get signals or i'm not just gonna get fogs because then everything is off balance like i'm going to do the front and then i'm going to do the rear or everything at once you know what i mean so that's basically what I got for you guys. I'm sorry it was a little shorter and a bit more all over the place, but I think it was a good mix. We got a bit of finance in there, some stock things. You know, if you guys make some good money off it, awesome. A uh, bit of tire update and some lighting, right? So again, let me know your thoughts on the tire lighting. Let me know what you guys think on Neo. You think it's a, you know, think it's a, a bust? Do you think it's something that's going to be around for a long time or... Are you going to short it? Let me know. For those who are going to short it, hit me up on Twitter and let me know your thoughts because I'm very curious because uh, it has grown at such a rate that, you know, I, I almost don't have an argument for shorting it. But, um, yeah, hope you guys have a great week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, leave a comment, rating, all that stuff down in iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Uh, share it. It would mean the world to me if you could. Uh, just let your friends know about it. You know, just say it in passing. The Skid Pad Podcast is a good time. We're all about laughs. We're all about education, uh, finance shit, business shit, car shit, 
all that good stuff, right? All right. Well, again, thank you so much for listening to it. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I will see you guys next time. Peace.